Hey, it's Nathan, and this is day 63 of the Bible in 90 Days. We're in Ezekiel 24 through 35. Chapter 24 finds Ezekiel being instructed. Son of man, record this date, this very date, because the king of Babylon has laid siege to Jerusalem this very day. Then he was to tell a parable to the people. The parable involved a pot over a hot fire full of bones and choice pieces of meat. As he cooked the meat and seasoned the broth, he was to take out the meat pieces, leaving the rest to char in the hot kettle. After, the kettle was to be set in the fire, leaving it until the impurities were burned away, as an example of what God was doing to Israel. The chapter then turns tragic. Son of man, with one blow I am about to take away from you the delight of your eyes. Yet do not lament or weep or shed any tears. The prophet is ordered to maintain his dignity with no sign of sorrow. And when the people questioned his strange behavior at the death of his wife, he was to respond in part. The sons and daughters you left behind will fall by the sword, and you will do as I have done. You will not cover your mustache and beard or eat the customary food of mourners. This painful moment in Ezekiel's life would become a haunting lesson to the parents about to follow in his footsteps of silent grief when they would be stripped of everything. In chapter 25, Ezekiel utters a prophecy against Ammon. Because you said, Aha! Over my sanctuary when it was desecrated, and over the land of Israel when it was laid waste, and over the people of Judah when they went into exile, therefore I am going to give you to the people of the east as a possession. Having suffered this, they would know that God was God. Similar prophecies were uttered against Moab, Edom, and Philistia. Edom would suffer for taking revenge on Judah, which made her very guilty. And the same was true, or at least similar, of Philistia, who had long harbored hostility toward Judah and tried to destroy her. Philistia would ultimately be destroyed. Chapter 26 records a prophecy against Tyre because she too had celebrated the demise of Jerusalem, anticipating her own prosperity. The results rendered by Nebuchadnezzar would be dire. They will destroy the walls of Tyre and pull down her towers. I will scrape away her rubble and make her a bare rock. Out in the sea she will become a place to spread fishnets, for I have spoken declares the Sovereign Lord. She will become plunder for the nations, and her settlements on the mainland will be ravaged by the sword. Then they will know that I am the Lord. The chapter continues, describing in great detail the destructive force of the attacking Babylonians. News of Tyre's devastation would bring mourning as it traveled among the coastal cities. I will bring you to a horrible end, and you will be no more. You will be sought, but you will never again be found, declares the Sovereign Lord. 
Chapter 27, by the way, a chapter well worth reading, is a lament over Tyre, gateway to the sea. You say, Tyre, I am perfect in beauty. Your domain was on the high seas. Your builders brought your beauty to perfection. They made all your timbers of juniper from center. They took a cedar from Lebanon to make a mast for you. The chapter delineates in some detail the ancient city's vast array of trading partners, Tarshish, Greece, Tubal, Meshech, Aram, etc. This is followed by a detailed description of the bitter anguish and destruction that was to come at her. Now you are shattered by the sea in the depths of the waters. Your wares and all your company have gone down with you. All who live in the coastlands are appalled at you. Their kings shudder with horror and their faces are distorted with fear. The merchants among the nations scoff at you. You have come to a horrible end and will be no more. Chapter 28, by the way, a chapter well worth reading, focuses in on the king of Tyre and contains profound overtones and allusions to the origin of Satan, the great rebel. In the pride of your heart, you say, I am a god. I sit on the throne of a god in the heart of the seas. But you are a mere mortal and not a god, though you think you are as wise as a god. Here are some of the dramatic supernatural references. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. And your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you before kings. The rest of the chapter is a prophecy uttered against Sidon. I am against you, Sidon, and among you I will display my glory. You will know that I am the Lord when I inflict punishment on you and within you am proved to be holy. In chapter 29, Ezekiel turns toward Egypt, uttering a prophecy against Pharaoh and all Egypt. I am against you, Pharaoh king of Egypt. You great monster lying among your streams, you say, the Nile belongs to me. I made it for myself. I will pull you out from among your streams. I will leave you in the desert, you and all the fish of your streams. You will fall on the open field and not be gathered or picked up. I will give you as food to the beasts of the earth and the birds of the sky. This judgment would come because Pharaoh had wounded the people of Israel when they had trusted in him for deliverance. Fascinatingly, at the end of 40 years, I will gather the Egyptians from the nations where they are, were scattered. However, although they would return to their land, they will be a lowly kingdom and will never again exalt itself above the other nations. I will make it so weak that it will never again rule over the nations. The last piece of the chapter refers to Nebuchadnezzar, who had waged a hard campaign against Tyre. As a reward, the king would get the wealth of Egypt. Chapter 30 is mostly a lament over Egypt. Wail and say, alas for that city, for the day is near, the day of the Lord is near, a day of clouds, a time of doom for the nations. 
A sword will come against Egypt, and anguish will come upon Cush. When the slain fall in Egypt, her wealth will be carried away and her foundations torn down. It's also noted that her allies would fall with her. I will put an end to the hordes of Egypt by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He and his army, the most ruthless of nations, will be brought in to destroy the land. The chapter then lists specific cities or regions that would be destroyed. The last part of the chapter refers to Pharaoh. I have broken the arm of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. It has not been bound up to be healed or put in a splint so that it may become strong enough to hold a sword. I will disperse the Egyptians among the nations and scatter them through the countries. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Chapter 31 likens Pharaoh to a once mighty cedar with beautiful branches overshadowing the forest. It towered on high, its top above the thick foliage. The waters nourished it. Deep springs made it grow tall. Their streams flowed all around its base and sent their channels to all the trees of the field. It was majestic and proved to be a refuge to the nations around it, an unrivaled power in its day. I made it beautiful, God says. However, because of its pride, God gave it into the hands of the ruler of the nations for him to deal with according to its wickedness. And the most ruthless of foreign nations cut it down and left it. Chapter 32 is a lament over Pharaoh. You are like a lion among the nations. You are like a monster in the seas, thrashing about in your streams, churning the water with your feet and muddying the streams. I will drench the land with your flowing blood all the way to the mountains, and the ravines will be filled with your flesh. When I snuff you out, I will cover the heavens and darken their stars. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon will not give its light. The rest of the chapter depicts Egypt as descending into the realm of the dead. There she will find Assyria and her whole army, as well as Elam and her hordes. They bear their shame with those who go down to the pit. The chapter continues to list other kingdoms who will also be found among the dead. Although I had him spread terror in the land of the living, Pharaoh and all his hordes will be laid among the uncircumcised, with those killed by the sword, declares the sovereign Lord. Chapter 33 finds God again reminding Ezekiel, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel, so hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. After this, the chapter reports that Ezekiel receives a messenger who declares, The city has fallen. The Lord also informs Ezekiel that, while the people claim they have a right to the land, that in fact they have forfeited that right by their immoral practices. I will make the land a desolate waste, and her proud strength will come to an end, and the mountains of Israel will become desolate so that no one will cross them. Then they will know that I am the Lord, when I have made the land a desolate waste because of all the detestable things they have done. Finally, God tells Ezekiel, My people come to you, as they usually do, and sit before you to hear your words. But they do not put them into practice. Their mouths speak of love, but their hearts are greedy for unjust gain. The chapter ends, When all this comes true, and it surely will, 
Then they will know that a prophet has been among them. Chapter 34, by the way, a chapter well worth reading, is a sharp rebuke to Israel's unfaithful shepherds, similar to that found in Jeremiah. Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals. But you do not take care of the flock. Because of the shepherds' unfaithfulness, God declared, I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Sovereign Lord. Chapter 35 is a prophecy against Mount Seir. I will stretch out my hand against you and make you a desolate waste. I will turn your towns into ruins and you will be desolate. Then you will know that I am the Lord because you harbored an ancient hostility and delivered the Israelites over to the sword at the time of their calamity, the time their punishment reached its climax. You boasted against me and spoke against me without restraint, and I heard it. And that's all for today.